know what really makes us mad? Is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Talk about punk! What's up, posers? Welcome to Funk Lotto Pod. I am your co-host, Justin Hensley. I am your other co-host, Dylan Hensley. And joining us today is Susan Plant, the singer and guitarist of Charlotte Band Faye. Susan, how's it going? Good. Good, good, good. Hi, guys. We uh, previously had your bandmate, uh, Sarah Blumenthal, also of the band uh, All Right, uh, on with us last year. And uh, I asked her way back then if she thought you'd be interested in being a guest on the show and she was like yeah totally go ask and then it took me a year to actually ask you <laughs> <laughs> i'm intimidating i get it <laughs> she's the way too I'm... cool <laughs> <laughs> the way i book this show is just like i, I don't know I'll just ask this person over here oh they said no okay well i'm gonna just go ask an old friend that we've already had on 10 times so. <laughs> wait a minute so like i'm sloppy seconds after everybody else said no no, because <laughs> no, then it would just be someone we've already talked to ten times to be on here today. So. Well, <laughs> if I'm I get rejected, it. I go find someone that I've already like <laughs> had on the show. I know this asshole will say yes. I'm gonna go ask them again. <laughs> she didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. <laughs> Faye put out a self-titled EP in 2016. There's two things about that. Uh, one, I'm surprised it has been four years already since that oh, show. me too not really yeah yeah I, I remember when it was like new and being announced I was like oh yeah it's really cool and then i looked at the date this week and i was like what no that was four years ago how yeah we went through a lot of drummers <laughs> we really we really wanted to spinal tap the situation but yeah we we our first drummer um had to focus on her career and then we went through a couple and now we have um, Thomas playing drums for us, and it's great. And we just recorded with him. So our first full length, that should be out soon, hopefully. Yeah, it, it's funny. I was listening to the EP, and then I was like, oh, I guess I should go back and listen to their earlier stuff. And then I was like, oh, there is That's no it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've done. And what's so crazy is like we, we have tons of stuff. We just had to get into the studio and record it. Which meant getting the drummer, like, you know, the right drummer lined up and, and getting everything set up. And then we just did that in January and we're all stoked on it. And then this pesky little pandemic hit. <laughs> so we'll see if we even remember how to play our songs. Who knows? It'll well, you've got a year and a half to get ready. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, a year and a half is going to feel like yeah. five years. <laughs> yeah, that is the craziest thing. It feels like the days are going slowly, but quickly at the same time. It's very bizarre.
how many solo like bedroom records we're gonna have by like the end of 2020. Who would do that? I would do that. I've totally been doing that. <laughs> I'm actually sitting in the room. I've slowly been trying to make a recording little recording studio right now. And I think Sarah and I have some ideas we're gonna work on, just some covers we're just gonna do and stuff like that. Just in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like all SoundCloud rappers and then just bedroom pop. But that's great. That's like that there's your segue. That's like totally early ni- early mid nineties stuff right there. You know what I mean? Like that total DIY feeling of music <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah, well I guess we could dub- jump into the show since you mentioned the nineties right there. So we originally well, let me lay out the <laughs> let me lay out the premise of the show. So this is like a, this is only like our fifth time we've done this show this way because uh, we changed our format slightly. So the premise of this show is that we assign our guests a year and then they go and pick an album in the punk, hardcore, emo, or punk adjacent genres to make us listen to and talk about. So we we originally assigned you the year 1997, but then after you made your selection, I started doing research on our album. And realized that it actually came out in 1996. So, we're actually talking about same bands in both, <laughs> both those years so yeah so uh i like to let dylan start off the uh year talk so what else came out in 1996 that we should be talking about dylan should be talking about <laughs> um well 1996 was uh the year of a lot of hardcore um a lot of emo and a lot of blues punk <laughs> which i think we'll get into in a minute but which is a uh, term I've never heard before until I started looking at this, by the way. Blues uh, the, I, I think the biggest straightforward punk records that you would think of for this year would be like Everything Sucks by Descendants. What else? 4 a.m. by Avail. 4 a.m. Friday. 4 a.m. Friday, yeah. Those are the ones that jump out to me. Or And like uh, Life in General by MXPX. That's another big one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if we should be talking about those. (laughs) Maybe the Avail one. Oh, Avail. (laughs) I'm from Richmond, by the way, so... (laughs) So, how many times have you seen Avail? (laughs) Zero. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) How many times have you seen Tim Barry? 
I was not cool when I lived in Richmond. <laughs> I didn't do anything cool, but I never was. A, I'm, I, I feel like I'm going to get disowned by all of my Richmond friends, but I was never a big Avail fan. I just, I don't, I don't know. It didn't do it for me. Sorry. <laughs> 96 also had uh, Propagandi's Let's Talk More Rock, which is the last Propagandi record with John K. Sampson on it. I was listening to that record today and I was like, oh yeah. I forget he was in this band. <laughs> it's weird to hear him playing fast music. Um, I'd say probably one of the biggest punk records in 96 was uh, Social Distortions, White Light, White Heat, White Trash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any feelings on Social Distortion? So, like I said, I, I, I did notes, and I just put... Man, I... Everything you brought up, I'm like, I didn't like that. But I just put a frowny <laughs> face next to social distortion. I, I think I'm more of like the, the post-punk, hardcore kind of kid. Well, there's plenty of that. So There what is you, plenty of that. What did you like from 96 that's not our main album? Um, Portraits of Past. Yeah. That, I want to talk it's about them for a second. That Portraits to- of Past record is like a retroactive, like... Yeah. I... I feel like it. They came back in like the late two thousands, and then everybody's like, "Oh yeah, this band's really good." And so, yeah, which is weird because they only put out that this. I didn't realize, but they only put out this full length, and they yeah. had like I think they might have had a couple of EPs, but I don't know. It's just that sound is just like oh, Cypress they, Dust, which came out in two thousand nine. Wow, <laughs> I have that EP. It's really good. Is it that I did not realize that there was that large of a gap between. The the first well the only album and that I, EP <laughs> is it the same is it the same guys though or did they switch some of their members? Uh, it's very likely that there's some changed members. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure though. But the way that album starts is just like oh man, it's setting you up for just like what the hell am I going to be listening to? It's so <laughs> like I don't know. And that's a great album with a lot of great riffs. And um, let me see. I wrote, I said, oh, my God, this bassist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, no, that was for a different one. But still, oh, no, I wrote fucking brutal. Album opener, (laughs) oh, my God. This drummer, oh, my God. (laughs) I have a thing for drums. I want to learn drums really badly. That's my next instrument. So I pay attention to the drummers. I read an article that said you're a classically trained pianist. That's what I went to college for, but didn't finish. Yes. And I w- tried to be in bands playing piano, but being classically trained since I was five, I'm too like on the nose, like perfect. Like I tried to actually switch to jazz as a major and I couldn't do it because I couldn't go off of the metronome, like off the beat, off the ones. So um, much later in life, I decided to just teach myself guitar and not teach myself the right way. So I, I literally don't know most of the chords I'm playing. <laughs> I just, I didn't want to know that. I wanted to just kind of like, you know, feel it and, and do it that way. So now I'm like, I want to learn all of the instruments. <laughs> well, it kind of comes across in your music. Cause I listened to the EP and I was like, and then I read that article. And I was like, what? Like, I, I'm not going to say, um, your music's not sloppy at all, but it's not like the preciseness of classical no. <laughs> piano. That's why I, I actually really, I really want it. And I, that was the only way I could think to do it on any instrument. Cause I want it, you know, as a girl growing up, I played piano and I would watch 
you know, the cool guy bands play. And instead of being like, that's cool, I should learn guitar, I spent the whole time going, why doesn't anybody ask me to learn to play? You know, <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of a lot of women might say that. You just expected someone to just be like, you look like you should play guitar and start a band. So anyway, much later in life, I was like, I, I think I'll just do this. And I, I, I like sloppy guitar. I mean, I, I like, I don't, I, yeah, I never like the preciseness. I don't like big, long guitar solos. It just doesn't appeal to me. I just, I think it's, it's so much cooler when it sounds more real, you know, more, more like you're there and less um, precise. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> more organic maybe yeah yeah want to have a sense of urgency yeah not it's funny i have studied this and am well trained and prepared dude yeah it (laughs) learning something to that level just kind of not ruins it but it just changes it changes it i've just recently started playing piano a lot again actually in fact i think sarah and i might kind of explore that a little bit too but it's just it's just completely different and it, it's just it's cooler to to play an instrument that I don't have full control over. So it's you got that kind of roller coaster ride feeling when you play it. You know, it's like, oh, this could go down a place that I I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> so it's just it's different. Drums yeah, it, are different. Yeah, uh, the irony is then a lot of those guys later will be like, I'm gonna learn a little bit of piano for my. Do you know how many people have asked me to teach them piano and I refuse to teach adults? I just will not do it. I'm like, you you won't have the patience because I will I will I will only teach you the way I learned and nobody has the fucking patience for that. I only had the patience for it because I was five and I didn't really have a say in the matter. Well, it's because like all the most of the adult musicians, especially in like the punk and like indie scene, learned how to play guitar just by reading tabs. So it's like now learn this precise way of playing piano. Like, not quite the same. See, and I don't even know how to... Well, no, I kind of know how to read tabs now, but that took me a while. <laughs> like, a while. <laughs> I usually just... I do it by ear more than anything else. Even figuring stuff out. Yeah, but I kind of do that on piano, too. Sight reading is hard. I don't know. Man, I just band-nerded right there and talked about <laughs> sight reading. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what's some other records that came out in uh, 96? Slater Kenny put out Call the Doctor. Yes. And Bikini Kill also put out Reject All American. Mm-hmm. And those are my favorite records by both of those bands. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I don't know if it's really a popular opinion, but I do. I loved Reject All American the most out of the Bikini Kill's discography is kind of weird anyway because there's so many like random EPs and everything. Yeah. But there's something about that record that I just really connected with more than the other stuff and then same for like call the doctor i know a lot of people love a lot of people love this record but then i don't know there's a couple other ones that are all yeah that's the other big one (laughs) the i always do you think maybe well no i'm the interviewee i just wonder if it's like a timing (laughs) issue when people hear albums you know what i mean like if you heard that album in a specific time and you're in a specific like place mentally that just made it speak to you more maybe it's the same Um, you know, and it's a typically usually kind of the same sound. Yeah. I thought that when I listened to when just doing the two different refused albums was kind of like that because the the shape of punk to come just I heard it at at a certain time in my life where I needed to hear it. But listening to um, this other one that came out in ninety seven slash ninety six, it's well, fucking 
better. I like it better. It's really good. <laughs> well, since you spoiled what record we're talking about oh, today. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. It, it was in the, it's in the title of the episode. <laughs> he always wants I'm to have sorry. a big reveal, and everyone already knows. <laughs> the only reason he would download it is because it says refused or the guest. So it's never like, well, which one are they going to pick? <laughs> It's impossible to download it without knowing what we're talking about. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Refuse songs to fan the flames of discontent. But before we do that, I do want to just throw out... <laughs> you, you mentioned... You had asked me what we should be talking about. I do want to tell you that what my actual favorite records are from, from this year. And then we can do it. Well, now um, we got to backtrack. Yeah, we're backtracking. Because it's on my mind. It's been on my mind all day. Uh, do You Know Who You Are by Texas is the Reason. He's incredible. I love that band. That band is so good. Jawbox by Jawbox, also incredible. I think that's my favorite Jawbox record. Really? Yeah. It's a weird choice, but there's something about it that I just really like. I liked liked their 94 album a lot. Um, Is that Special uh, Sweetheart? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I love that one, too. Those Those two are the two I listen to. I don't really go back and listen to the earlier stuff that often. Texas is the reason that uh, one of the bands on this list that I had never heard of, and I think they're Japanese, was I don't know if you guys have heard of them or listened to them, the Bloodthirsty Butchers. Had I you? saw that. You, I've seen the name before. You need to look them up. Like, God, I watched them playing live. They are so good. They were so tight. I don't know if they're still even a band, but it was really interesting. They were really good. They kind of, um, I'm trying to find my notes. They're just oh, they were just they they're good. Check them out. I don't I think they're on that... like Spotify or anything, but yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It, that record's not on Spotify. They have some other stuff. I didn't listen to those, but yeah, that was one I was like weird. I've never heard of this it, band. It's like up there in the first really like, well reviewed. Yeah, but um, it they are they're really good. That Texas is the reason album though is like God. That sound that just like. That sound, and um, who else is on here that kind of has that same sound? I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused between the 96 and the 97 list. <laughs> uh, Sensefield put out Building in 96, and they're the other Revelation emo band. Oh, Christy Front Drive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that too. That's such a good record. It's just like that sound, that like, which I never knew it was considered... Well, as they have it written out, Midwest emo, but just that kind of, <laughs> I don't know, the the emo sound in that, like, in the early to mid-90s was just such a, a bittersweet sound, you know? Like, it just, it changed. I feel like everything changed a lot once 98 hit, sound-wise. So you've noticed that, too. Well, it just, there was a switch. Like, like it it, did it get more like a little more mainstream or something? Like it just kind of blew up a little bit, and I don't know. It just felt like it changed. Who's is it? Is it because of Mineral? Maybe I don't know. Or are they in '97? I don't know. They, yeah, I feel yeah. <laughs> it's hard Who's to one of the notes? Jimmy World's going slightly more. Uh, oh, when, when, when did uh, Clarity come out? Clarity was in '97. Maybe um, it's them. Their fault. Because <laughs> their Static Prevails came out in 96. Mm-hmm. Which, that's the one... Isn't that the one where the other guy sings? Like, yeah. the whole record? Yeah, Jimmy... Right? 
the main guy's name Jimmy? Jim- <laughs> he, he, yeah, he is the. He um, is the world eater. He <laughs> is the Jimmy. He is the eponymous. I think he goes by James, but <laughs> he's the Jimmy and Jimmy's Chicken Shack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh man, and on '97 had that Get Up Kids album, which they have their. Well, no, see, I'm doing bad. Never mind. That's not 96. Stick with the program. <laughs> Stick with the program. Just that. The, the Get Up Kids had the self-titled EP. That was a little bit more like a sweeter, like a more of an emo bittersweet sound. I think it's a self-titled EP. Yeah, so the, just, Four Minute Mile was 97, right? Uh, yeah, that yeah. was 97. But they had, like, before they, they just, they changed their sound a lot. I think kind of right around Four Minute Mile. Maybe not. Four Minute Mile is a little grittier. Um, it had like a sweeter sound. They had like a just a more kind of emo. I mean, something to write uh, home about I'm was doing in my quote fingers was in '99. Um, there's an there is an EP in between Four Minute Mile and something to write home about that I know what you mean. Okay. Um, is it Woodson? That's '97. Red Letter to... Day. Oh man, I'm like scared to use my computer because I'm gonna. Drop you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to do this on my phone while also keeping the list up. Um, oh crap! And then, so somebody, so Get Up Kids. Oh gosh, what was the story? Get Up Kids and who else? And they became, they went on to do Reggie and Full, Ca- Full Effect. Do you guys know that band? Do you guys like um, Reggie and Full Effect? I like some. We There's just some started recording that Sarah and I discovered that she and I and our. Um, drummer Thomas that we're playing with right now, we all like Reggie in full effect, and we're like, I knew we should be in a band. <laughs> They're so cheesy, but I love them. Uh, what was the? Is it, is it the? Is it Coalesce? Yes, that's yeah. who it is. Yeah, it is. James. It's James Dewey's from Coalesce. So, yeah. Col- like some of the members of Coalesce and some of the members of Get Up Kids became Reggie in full effect, right? Is that how it went? Yeah, yes. yeah. That's insane to me. <laughs> It doesn't make any that sense. Makes no sense. <laughs> it's like going in the opposite direction of those other two bands. Like all well, three of those bands don't have much in common except members. I feel well, like. Well, they did. They did an e. They did a split EP together too. Yeah. Which is such a weird. Are they all Gainesville kids? Is that why? They must be. The Kansas City. Kansas, oh. Yeah. They're both Kansas City bands. That's what it is. Who I'm thinking of. I don't know what Get Up Kids EP I'm thinking of. <laughs> so just. Forget I said anything. <laughs> anything else before we actually move on to our record? 96. Sublimes by Sublime? <laughs> right. Of course. I mean, when when I was a young teenager, I listened to that garbage. <laughs> so I'm not you, scared of the skeletons in my closet. That's fine. Did, Aaron did you see people doing the recording? Like there, someone had put together like a supercut of all these different people playing a really shitty guitar solo. When no. he does the, in response to the, I play the guitar <laughs> no, like a motherfucking riot. <laughs> totally looking this up. If you don't, you have to send this to me. <laughs> I'll try and find it. Because I have to see this. I live for this stuff. God, that album. That album blew up. It was Why? huge. Why? So much bad music. And I mean, I listened to it. So who am I to judge? Because the other, the other one on this was, um, oh, geez. It had Sublime, and then it also had Real Big Fish. Yeah. Yes. Turn the radio <laughs> off. And Less Than Jake had Losing Streak. And Gold, Goldfinger had the self-titled. Uh, 
Five Iron Frenzy, The Aquabat, Skank and Pickle, MU330. Yeah. They all put out records. There's tons of ska. Suicide Machines. This is, that but this was, is. That was during the whole swing thing, too. So it kind of. Yeah, yeah. like uh, the boss tones kind of like went mainstream. Yeah. And so, like, then it dragged even more ska to like the main, <laughs> like, you know, in on the radio and stuff. But, yeah, like, yeah. these were the bands that were still playing, like, Warp Tour and stuff like that. Warped tour. <laughs> and I guess the biggest record, probably the most influential record that came out in 96 is, uh, Dylan, you had a hot take about today. Uh, <laughs> Weezer's Pinkerton came out in 96. Really? I just don't yeah. think it's good. <laughs> okay. No, I am not a Weezer fan. Thank and you. I get a lot of shit for it. But <laughs> no, that fucking Rivers, God, he has a punchable <laughs> face. I just want to punch his face. I hate him so much. <laughs> Um, yes, I, I have gone on record multiple times, um, dismissing <laughs> the beloved Pinkerton. Um, it's forgettable. There's no good songs. Hey. Someone, someone told me El Scorcho and I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like it. I know. I like half of the blue album. That's the thing. Like, and that, but I thought that was like the big takeaway from a lot of people. Like they should have just stopped after the blue album. I mean, everybody, you know all the songs, but that doesn't mean they're good. You can be catchy and and crappy. That's okay. That's a thing. (laughs) I like the Blue Album, but I don't really care about anything else. I mean, there's like one, two good songs on the Green Album, maybe. But yeah. I'm not a Weezer fan. Longfish is on this list. Longfish is good. I played in a band when I first learned guitar. I played in a band with um, a bunch of guys that were really, really, really fucking really good. And I had to learn how to play guitar real fast. And we did a cover set of Longfish songs, which was nice because those are kind of easier on guitar. Because like a lot of them are just two chords back and forth for like 10 minutes. So <laughs> yeah, that sounded kind of good album. What were the circumstances where you were doing a set of Longfish covers? <laughs> I, think, I think we did it. This was when I was in Secret Hospital. I think we did it for the Milestone Halloween show. Okay. A cover show. Yeah. N- yeah. I. <laughs> Why is that such a strange thing? Is Longfish a strange <laughs> That was a strange band. That they're, to well, in. they're just like, they're not a household name, I guess. <laughs> I'll say that. I feel like all of my musical education when it comes to punk music has been just through situations like that. Cause like I came, like I said, I, I was not cool when I was younger and I guess everything I know is like all the weird obscure shit like that. <laughs> because, Fish is not a bad band. No, I think they're great. I love that, that album, but it is weird, but not as weird as what was the one bloodthirsty butchers, which again, you have to look that up on YouTube. They're so good. <laughs> I was blown away. I went like I went down a freaking rabbit hole of just Japanese bands from the nineties that were so good. Did you watch did you watch any clips of Melt Banana? Because you should look up live footage of Melt Banana in the nineties. <laughs> it's it's like mind blowing. Is it? Because I did it. I know banana, but I don't know why I didn't I don't that just didn't I wonder why that didn't show up. No, it was bands I've never heard of. Okay. Like, just random bands. Yeah, Mel Banana put on Scratcher's Ditch in '96. So that's a that's another one that we had. Okay, now let's really talk about our album. <laughs> you sure? Are you ready? Are you sure yeah. you don't want to talk about the two Bell and Sebastian records or the <laughs> Modest Mouse record that came out? In- I liked I liked Modest Mouse. 
I really did. I still do. I don't I care. Like I'm I've had I've had this conversation with our friend Corey, who's been on the show several times, about uh, how I'm glad that I had a period where I listened to Modest Mouse, but I don't really need to listen to them now. That is so true because I cannot remember the last time I've been doing anything where I'm like, you know what? I feel like yeah, let's let's do let's do some Modest Mouse. That has never happened in probably like a decade or longer. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, now I'm probably gonna like listen to Modest Mouse on my drive in tomorrow. <laughs> and it, that first and it'll drink probably... still holds up to me. Really? I'm 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 gonna try it tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. At the time, man, I loved it. It was great. Anyway, that's not <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we are here to talk about Refused, Songs to Fan the Flames of Discontent. some basics for those unfamiliar with refused if though i don't know why you'd be listening to this episode <laughs> <laughs> they are from umea sweden this is their second full-length album and this is the one that came out right before the shape of punk to come which is a gigantic monster record retroactively was it retroactively <laughs> it wasn't well regarded until they broke up yeah really uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. so i before we get into all of that, I want to talk through this record. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it, this record lives in the shadow of that one. It shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's really so this was released on Victory really Records in the United States, Start Rec, which is Refused's own record label in uh, Scandinavia, and then We Bite Records in Germany. Kind of like, and then Burning Heart reissued it in 97, which is part of why we wound up thinking it was a 97 album. Um, the personnel on this record is David Sandstrom on g- drums, Dennis Lixin on vocals, John F. Braunstrom on guitar, and Christopher <laughs> Steen on guitar and bass. Uh, also, even though he wasn't a member of the band anymore, Magnus Bjorklund, a.k.a. Magnus Flag, plays bass on this record as well. They're one of those bands that has the Spinal Tap Syndrome and had like 12 bass players throughout their career. Only the best ones go through members. <laughs> uh, that was produced by Pelle Gunnerfelt. He has done a couple earlier Refused records, but he's also most notable for recording albums by Breach, The Helicopters, International Noise Conspiracy, which is a Refused project, Sahara Hot Nights, and The Hives. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he did those two big Hives records that like got radio play in the States. Yeah. They're, but they're Swedish too, right? Yeah. yeah all of those bands are Swedish. Yeah. yeah. All of those bands Yeah. Man, told you guys. I don't know enough. Okay. School me. <laughs> School me, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I want to mention this here. So I don't know what was going on with Victory in 1996, 
because they released the kind of stuff you'd expect. They put out Earth Crises, Gamora's Season Ends, Bloodlet's Ethnogen, there's a Warzone record. But then they also yeah. released a bunch of other Swedish hardcore records. So, yeah, it's really weird that they're all in the victory. I was I was thinking I was looking <laughs> I was looking at that myself and I don't do you know why? Are you gonna tell? I have no idea why. I guess I should have like tried to like look up like why were there four Swedish hardcore records in ninety six on Victory Records? There so there was Abinadra Abinada? I don't know how to say that. Abinanda? Abinanda? Yeah. Uh, which the guitarist uh, refused to play in. They put out a record. And then uh, the Donuts, who were an all-girl all group. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know a lot about them, but they excite me. <laughs> they're interesting. They're Yeah. They're real dissonant. Um, I'm into it. It's really they were, cool. They were also a straight-edge band, which I really? guess is not surprising. Because basically every hardcore band in... Sweden came from Umea, and they were all <laughs> straight edge. Really? <laughs> and a lot of them were vegan. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, yeah, that, it was a... That was the, a thing, the though. The story of Swedish hardcore is that it all... Basically, Sweden basically was only doing, like, crust punk forever. And then <laughs> hardcore suddenly arrived, like, at the same exact time. And in, like, mid-90s. And so, like, a ton of bands started all at one time. All in it's, one scene. It's funny when if you filter this like this this chart that we use, if you t- you put in limit the artists from Sweden, like it's it's a lot of bands. It's, really, it's, it's surprising. I was like, wow, I had never heard of most of these bands, but yeah, there's a huge scene. So, is hardcore like kind of considered starting mainly in the U.S.? Do you guys know? Yeah, for the most part, it's it's interesting to hear other countries. Like that's I think that's why I really liked listening to the um, Japanese bands. It's just really interesting to hear their take on it because it is a little different. You know what I mean? Like the Swedish sound is a little different than U.S. hardcore. Yeah, to me, it, it the way hardcore developed in other countries is interesting because I feel like the U.K. went in a more crust mm-hmm. direction and. Japanese hardcore kind of was crust, but it's also its own thing. It, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of crust in DB in Japan in, like, the 80s. And then there's, like, a lot of death rock, too. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., it I feel like it diversified more. And maybe that's just because of the geographical size of the United States and the, the distinct regions. I think in like around this time too, I feel like everything was still kind of just under the same umbrella. You know what I mean? Like as far as punk hardcore, like it was still there. Maybe that was the thing in 98 that switched. It started kind of each genre kind of started really just developing its own, its own little tribe, so to speak. We had uh, we have a we had someone come on the show a bunch of times. Paul he talks about um, he runs Tor Johnson Records. He talks about how like back when he was first going to shows, there was a lot more overlap in the scenes. Like there's like a little bit of punk, a little bit of hardcore, a little bit of screamo. Yeah. Like, it may have been like the 2000s that kind of like switched, made it more insular. Like it just was like oh, all the metal kids are over here, all the hardcore kids are over here. Which, yeah, I have nowhere to go for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Which blow like that fucking blows because I love going to a show that has like a you know a pretty diverse sound to it because it keeps it interesting. You're not hearing the same sound 
for four bands in a row. Have you ever been to like a hardcore festival or like a metalcore like eight band bill? <laughs> no, not a metalcore eight band bill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of those back in the day. It's the worst because <laughs> they all do the same exact same thing. I like hardcore and metalcore, but like I can't do four hours straight of June, 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 June. <laughs> Yeah, it's you can only hear a a, a China symbol so many times. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Why did you pick this record? Okay. I didn't pick this record to start out with. Can I can I give that little preface? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the big one. The the big the big refused record, um, Shape of Punk to Come. But some asshole that you guys talked to previously stole ninety eight, so I couldn't have that. <laughs> um <laughs> couldn't have my way. Um so we went with this one. I don't which... remember who that is now. <laughs> What, who talked about 98? Yeah, I'm trying to think who the last time we talked, who it was. about them because they're a dick. No. <laughs> I hope it's, like, somebody, like, real wonderful. <laughs> Probably was. <laughs> All of our guests are wonderful. It's true, it's true. Um, but, He's an so I chose this just because I wanted to stick with the Refuse. Um, because they really just, like, kind of what I was saying earlier, like, I always am curious if it's, about the album or if it's kind of a part of just where you are in life when you hear that album, like what your mental state is, all of that stuff. But first time I heard Refused at All was just like, where has this been all my life? Just the guitars and just the riffs they write and the vocals, all of it. It's just, I don't know. It like, I I started listening. This is, this is so cheesy, but um, can you hear that? There's a guy this <laughs> engine out side my window yeah i hear it i really hate mustangs anyway i really do when i listened to this album i literally got butterflies because i got really excited to have another album like this and i don't know why i never thought to go through the rest of their discography i don't know why i just oh, always so stuck with what i know no i was this i was, was new to you this was new to me it was new yeah which so I don't know if that goes against, you know... No, no. The rules. <laughs> the old way we used to do the show is most people hadn't even heard the record before. So, <laughs> yeah. We changed no, it for I, 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 um, I, like, yeah, I got butterflies. Because it was just, like, it, the first song started, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. 
we're doing this. This is a thing that's happening. <laughs> it's just as good, if not better, which is makes me very happy. Well, that's uh, Dylan. Why don't you? Uh, so speak? it has been many years since I've listened to this record. I I got into Refuse with Shape of Punk to Come first because I had seen it talked about a lot. New Noise was like like an instant, just like that song will make you fall in love with them. How could you not? However briefly that might be, I totally understand why this band is not everyone's favorite band. Because that record, we can talk about another time. <laughs> Wait, people don't like this band? That's terrible. I think, I, okay, well, I guess we gotta do. Um, yeah, Shake, I Shape know. of Funk to Come is that rec- one of those records that has so much hype that people will write it off. And I don't love Shape of Funk to Come. But when I listened to it, I really enjoyed it a lot. And so I dug a little deeper and I did go back and listen to this record. So I've always had it in my head that I like this record more. Yeah. Um, but just for whatever reason, just kind of, I don't know, fell out of the habit of listening to them. Right. Putting this record on again after so much time was thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I mean, just those first three songs. They're so good. Rather Be Dead, you're like, oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, yeah, man, I'd rather be dead. Like, you just (laughs) shredding your voice uh, on on that first song. I mean, and then Coup d'etat, the riff on that song. Yes. Is, it just takes it to another level. (laughs) And it doesn't stop. Hook, line, and sinker. It might be my favorite song on the whole record. That one's the one that gets me. That's the one I've returned to several times. I think I've actually added it to a couple of playlists I have. That one. That one's just, it's got a groove to it. I'm I'm really upset to know that Shape of Punk to Come is, is a punk no-no album. <laughs> it's the it's, samples, isn't it? It's the samples. It's the, I think it's it's a, it suffers from the like, Overhype, like people talked about it in this like high regard for so long like that like, kind of thing. It, it's the it, it's the effect of what's a what's a good comparison in the airplane over the sea. Okay, got uh, it. An got incredible it, it. record that I love dearly that I never ever need to hear a single song from again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I still listen to that album too. <laughs> And it's and I totally get people, why people do like it's great. Like I, I genuinely loved it for a long time, and I listened to it too much. <laughs> um, and it's just it it comes back, and you hear those songs in so many places in coffee shops and yeah, that's true. In between bands, it shows and yeah. With the shape of punk to come, I think part of it too became this like AP mag for a long time would be like it would be like the one cool punk record that they would talk about as like yeah and this one's great classic and like it was always that record not like other stuff similar to it or even this this refused record man i discovered that album in college when i was going to vcu in richmond i just went to a friend's apartment and they were playing it and they were doing the air guitar like you know what i mean and i walked in and it was just like I, I didn't know anything about I didn't know anything about them. Like I said, I was not cool. And it just like I don't know. 
But what I will say, this album that we're talking about, I like it more because it feels less polished. And going back to like what we were talking about earlier, I like a less polished sound. Yeah, this record is um, it's very raw sounding. It's, yeah. it, it's got this really cool guitar tone. Oh, God, that is the, the guitar tone. I think the guitar tone and the vocals are just like what fucking does it for me. <laughs> yeah. So like it's this... got good. His voice is like Velcro ripping. Mm-hmm. It's just... <laughs> and I watched a, um, I watched a. Like I, I was, uh, I think, talking about before we started recording, I watched a couple of live videos of them, and there was a recent one, and he still kind of has it. I mean, he still can do it. It's a little lower, his register, but he still can do it. Yeah, he... Oh, what was I going to say? I lost it. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, oh, I was going to say that um, this this record was kind of a change in sound for them, so... Their first album is uh, This Just Might Be The Truth. Uh came out in 94, I believe. And it's more of kind of your standard, like, U.S. hardcore for the time, from the time. So it's very similar to, like, Earth Crisis or something like that. And then when they were... When they... They've had a lot of lineup changes throughout the years. And this record added uh, John to the group. Or Jan. <laughs> Since Scandinavian. Um, Can we just call him Jan? Jan. Better. <laughs> Jan, uh, this is, he joined on the EP before, and then this is his first record. And I have a theory that Jan is the reason why these records sound like they do, or are as good as they are. So, like, and I kind of tested this theory out. So, try and follow along here. They, to test this theory out, I, I checked out some of the other records that the other members like Chris and John were in before Refused. So I listened to the first Refused record. And I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. Standard US stuff. Uh, then I listened to Senseless, which is the first Abinata record that Chris is on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is a little better than that first Refused record. I see it's still kind of more standard hardcore. And then I listened to his first EP, Everlasting, with Refused. And it was a it was a pretty big improvement from that first record to the next EP. So then I checked out Jan's band, Purasam. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that one. Right. Um, and I can 100% see that is where Refused New Sound comes from. Because those guitars on this record are in that band, too. I'll have to check that out. That band is a little more metallic. And like the, it, the songwriting isn't quite as strong as this record. But it's the sound. like It's right there. And so... And then I had double checked it later. I was like, okay, let me look at the records that they came they did when they came back in what 2015, like Freedom and War Music. Ooh. And they did those they did those without Yon and they're not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. listened to I listened to Freedom when it came out and <laughs> like I, I mean, I have theories on that. I don't think it has anything to do with Yon. I think they just need to not <laughs> It just doesn't need to be called refused. Oh god, that the video I watched there were like I mean, because they're big, I guess, and it was like a stadium rock show, and oh god, it was just depressing for me. I don't like seeing bands like that. I'm not a stadium rock person, you know? Like, I like to see bands in small, intimate settings. <laughs> yeah, and like, in, it's like probably a European festival too, right? Like, it's, I think it was. 
it was like it was definitely Sweden. it was yeah it was big they were huge everybody was into them and they were they seemed very into themselves maybe that's what it was too. <laughs> yeah Which, i think they bought their own hype yeah i know and it sucked and i and i didn't i was so naive to it and thanks to you two i no longer <laughs> am so thanks <laughs> well it's the yeah it's the the story of Riffy's downfall is they made shape of punk to come with a lot of aspiration. Um, they borrowed liberally uh, mm-hmm. from some wow. other places, um, but very, very politically spoken. I think that they, I do think that they did it in a way that was creative and was original. I do think they should have done a different album cover. Yeah. That's the big. That's the one that makes me mad. <laughs> album cover. So they basically completely copied a seven-inch by a band called Rye Coalition, who were oh, yeah. I've a seen big Rye. influence on Refused. That um, makes that makes a lot of sense, actually. I never even thought about that. And like, I mean, I see how it fits in there. Like, they took the name of their record from an Ornette Coleman record and. They're yeah. doing like a Nation of Ulysses kind of like totally. rock and roll baby thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that the way they blended that into their the big beat dance electro sound. And yeah. They did something yeah. different that was creative and I respect a lot. But yeah, <laughs> then that's they came to the US and they were not the big hits that they were expecting to be. The, the whole... Um... You know the elect the electronic dance stuff that they have in between. I don't like that. That's like the part <laughs> of that I really don't like, and it makes me embarrassed for them. <laughs> How embarrassing for you! <laughs> I know. I know that they really like that. Really burns them to hear me, Susan Plant, saying, "I'm disappointed in you." Now, when's Faye playing their arena tour? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Never. <laughs> Never. Actually, I can't say that. Actually, they make good money. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. I, I, I wouldn't take Let's... down. I wouldn't refuse. I wouldn't refuse refused money. Oh. <laughs> Man, I never thought about the fact that they, they got a lot of influence from Right Coalition, but that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I was trying to figure out like who else sounded like them besides like all the Swedish bands that just copied them specifically. Yeah. Like when yeah. when we first started chatting, I, I I asked you if you'd heard of a band called Blindside, and the reason why I asked that is because their very first two records are just straight up refused copies. Yeah. <laughs> so if you love this record, you might love Blindside's "A Thought Crushed My Mind" because right. it sounds exactly like this record. <laughs> Why don't I just listen to this record? No, I'm kidding. I'll check them out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the that's the real answer. Uh, yeah. I mean, I we grew up listening to Blindside, and they're a very very important band to our development of our taste in hardcore. Um, but what if I had if I had to guys... choose one to get rid of, like <laughs> I'll get rid of the most derivative one, <laughs> which is which is the Blindside record. I mean, songs of fan. Flames of Discontent. It's a really, really, really great record. Yeah. 
to answer your question, Justin, I think they sound a lot like Snapcase. That's what I was going to say. What? Really? And this, Later this record came out before the big Snapcase record. Oh, that's such a... I don't hear that at all. That's so interesting. I hear it in the guitars. and it's, Well, it's and, in the... It's in the... If you... It's in the drums, too, right? It's, it's the rhythm. I mean... Yeah. Because it does... They have that, that, like, choppy, I guess is how you say those riffs. And then, yeah. like, the drums kind of, like, punctuate between each riff pretty strongly. They both do that a kinda, lot. Kind of angular sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's... Yeah, it's that kind of like off center and like a couple of odd counts on certain riffs, which I love. Yeah, it's the record is super groovy. <laughs> you just nod your head the whole time. You do, but and it, it but it does have like like interesting time signatures and stuff, which I don't count, so I don't know. But it sounds interesting. <laughs> it sounded like I knew what I was talking about, so. <laughs> yeah, and then there's um, who else put out records in '96? Uh, At the Drive-In put out their first album. What is that record called? Uh, Tenement Acrobatic, and I think At the Drive-In borrows a little bit from. Yeah, I could hear used. that that angular sound again. And then, um, but they've got um, oh god, what's his face? Why can't I think of the name? The singer At the Drive-In. Diedrich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, his his vocals are another thing entirely. Yep. It's and it's more like if Refused were if Refused were doing like a Nation of Ulysses thing, I feel like at the drive-in was doing like a Shudder to Think. Oh my gosh. Shudder <laughs> to Think. That man. That man. So my husband is a huge Shudder to Think fan. And when I was trying to woo him Forever ago. You pretended uh, to like Shudder to Think. I put, on my, I put on my social media account that that was one of the bands I liked. <laughs> I hate that band. And I swear, that's like the most influential band for him. And every year, there's like that one. And he's like, look, come on, Pony Express, let's do it. Let's do it. And I'm like, I just, I can't. I can't. I can't get past the vocals. Vocals are <laughs> such a, like, a thing for me that make or break a band. I can't get past the vocals if it just if, if you sound like a bleeding goat i can't listen to you <laughs> i'm sure you guys like i'm sure you guys like shudder to think right so i like shudder to think but i f- don't listen to them a lot okay. and i am like the whole album of that good god no 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 They're, it's very difficult to finish an entire record by them <laughs> yeah. he does have like the weirdest one of the weirdest voices in punk and hardcore stuff. I mean, mus- mus- as musicians and and his vocals and everything, total total fucking respect for what they pull off. I just can't listen to it, you know. <laughs> I just can't. I, I cannot. So <laughs> that man. Uh, I was I was gonna say too. Frodus put out their uh, F letter, and Dylan, you're a big Frodus fan. What is yeah. the? There's a lot of like comparisons between the two of them. What is that? Because they just have similar source influences. There's a lot of uh, overlapping influence of DC hardcore, mm-hmm. post hardcore. Frodus also played with Refused a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they went and toured with them in the uh, in Sweden. I want to tour Sweden. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I do too. I want to go hey. anywhere. I want to go literally anywhere right now. We were just, we are, I was just sitting on my front porch talking about that and like trying to determine if there's any place within driving distance that's <laughs> worth, like, worth going to. And it's like Kentucky? I don't know. <laughs> and there's literally nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what states have the be- who are handling it the best or have the least amount of cases? Maybe I can go there. Yeah, definitely not going further south. That's for sure. Let's go to Montana. Ooh. Or Idaho. Ooh. Idaho looks beautiful. I would do that. It's a long drive. Yeah. That's the other part. <laughs> how are you going to get there? <laughs> yeah. So Idaho is even a long drive for me. Yeah. Wait. Oh, because you're in Arizona, yeah, right? I'm in, yeah, I'm in Arizona. <laughs> how, far is, how far is it from you? Over 15 hours to Idaho, I think. Good for us. It's probably like 26 hours or something like that. Yeah. Probably a three-day drive. I don't know. I'd say more like 30. Yeah. I mean, it was a three-day drive to drive to Arizona, so, yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry! I got a um, uh, Clearly, none of us got to see Refused, because well, we were probably children whenever <laughs> they broke up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was six when this record came out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Baby, babies. I, I'm about to turn 34 this year, so I was a little young to be going to see Refused in the <laughs> 96. I just um, did listen to anything cool until i was like not i shouldn't say i didn't listen to anything cool i didn't really get into you know hardcore and post-hardcore and all of that stuff till i was in college because i was in richmond and i feel like you know you live in richmond you're going to school in richmond that is kind of a prerequisite you have to yeah when were when were you in richmond uh 2000 early 2000 Late 90s, 2000s. There was, like there was some really cool stuff going on in Richmond then, too. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty wild. It was pretty fun. I mean, there's still cool stuff going on there now, too. But uh, yeah. there, there was some big stuff going on then. Richmond was a pretty big scene for a while. They still, I mean, it's still a decent scene. It's, it's, still... It feels more like just the bands tend to stay to the scene. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of activity in that scene. <laughs> it was fun. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of awesome, awesome places to see shows. Like house shows and everything, and just a lot of great bands. And I mean, it, since you're so close to DC, like a lot of the DC hardcore and stuff, there's a lot of kinship there, which it, it's really interesting to me, depending on where you grow up. Like, what I, I feel like um, when, I, when I moved down to Charlotte, a lot of people were more into like the, um, I guess, like the Atlanta type of stuff. Is it Atlanta? Nobody's saying anything. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know who you're thinking. I don't know who you're thinking of. Probably more like Gainesville stuff. The Florida. Yeah, I don't know, but I was like, like being closer to DC, I knew more of that stuff than like Archers, Archers of Loath, like that kind of scene. Oh yeah, like the Chapel Hill stuff. Chapel Hill, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Richmond has kind of like the vibe of like part DC, part Gainesville, part Chapel Hill. It's kind of like a neat little like combination of things. It's still like that, kind of. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I say I've never seen Refused is that I have seen Camadre cover Refused That's at cool. one of those uh, Fest 7 house shows. You can actually watch it on YouTube, too. Uh, Camadre did an entire Refused cover set. Um, and it's one of the craziest house shows I have ever been to in my entire life. You, you should People should look up the video footage of that, because it is insanely packed full of people. And every single person is just singing along with new noise. They, they start the set off with new noise. And it just, 
it exploded. That would be fun. It would be fun to see it like that. Like, even if it was, yeah, being covered, that would be a hell of a lot of fun. Kamadri's the perfect band. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Refuse did break up. Right. In North Carolina? North, well, yeah. They played their last show in North Carolina. I think yeah. it's either North Carolina or Virginia. That's where they played their last show. Um, on tour with Protus. again, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I will not see them now. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. If you can't see a band in their prime, it's just not worth it, I, I think. I don't know. I think it depends on the band or how much they meant to you. Uh, or, or what the review what the revival is like. I don't yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see a review now at all. Don't watch that video. It'll yeah. ruin it. <laughs> well, it ruined it for me. You guys knew more than I did. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna see them play their new stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was they were no, they were doing stuff from Shape of Punk to come. It was just like I don't know. I always call it like McCartneying stuff. Like, Paul, <laughs> it's a verb. Like Paul McCartney still plays the like all the old Beatles songs, but you could tell he's so sick of doing them, and he just like decides to take liberties with it. It was kind of like that, where it's like, oh, stop, oh. stop doing this, <laughs> it. No, we're gonna improve it. No. See what I really meant to do then was. And they can do all that because the guy who was on those records isn't in the band anymore. I know. What he should have done was this long solo. (laughs) (laughs) This needs more ooh babies. Oh, God. (laughs) Do you have a favorite song on this record? I want to see them. (laughs) I want to see Dennis do like a Robert Plant, like extended (laughs) vocal. Just O and O and O. <laughs> Were you asking me if I had a favorite? Yeah, I was just kind of throwing it out to everyone. Uh, does anyone have a, a, a favorite song on the record? Uh, the um, Hook, Line, and Sinker was the one that did it for me. I have to agree with that one. That did it for me. I think I, I like Coup d'etat better. Um, but at the very end of the... Not the very, very end, but like the second to last track, last minute pointer. I was like, this song is really good. Like, it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, yeah, even though the record's almost over, here's another amazing song. Like, <laughs> you know, I appreciate an album that all the songs like flow so well together that it just feels like an entire, just perfect album. And this is kind of like that for me, at least. Like, it just, but. Klein and Sinker just has a nice little I just I don't know that one that one did it for me
um, what is it? It's, it's not okay and Crusader of Hopelessness. Are those two songs meant to sound so similar to each other? Are they one of those ones where they just kind of like lead right into each other? Because I feel like it. I was listening to it and I was trying to keep track of each track as I was listening, and then like it went to Crusader of Hopelessness, and I was like, wait, that song didn't end before. I don't know. I mean, it's not okay is a minute long. Yeah. Um, they do have an ellipsis after it's not okay, so I think they were trying to <laughs> to let you know that they're gonna go into the next song. This is a precursor. It's an amuse-bouche. It had very similar riffs. I think that I think it's probably intended. It's probably like lyrically different, and that's why it's a separate track. But it was maybe meant to be, yeah, kind of one. I or bet they, you they play them back to back live. I bet. I wonder if they like. If they had those two songs and they were just like, these are so similar, we need to just kind of push them together and act <laughs> like we did this on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, just own it. Yeah. Instead of splitting them up. Did y'all like the uh, Slayer tribute at the end of the record? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very they, much so. They do the, it's like a, it's a faster paced song. They do like almost the Rain and Blood style, like, breakdown. And then uh, even has like rain sound effects in it. I was like, oh, okay. They did cite Slayer as a huge influence on this record. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. There's a me- there's a metallic edge to a lot of those riffs. That tone, though, that guitar tone, man. I wish I wish I could. I need to. That's. I need to figure out more stuff with like pedals and stuff so I can get this tone of the guitars on this because it's just it's so fucking good on this whole album. I'm wondering. I bet it's just like a cranked Marshall. Yeah, probably. I'm sure that's all it is. <laughs> it has a weird... People who actually like... Which is such... Play. <laughs> yeah, it sucks that you have to invest in a, a Marshall stack. <laughs> to get that I have sound a, perfectly. I have an old, old vintage... Like, I think I have an old vintage acoustic head. Um, like from, I think it's like a 69, 68, 69 acoustic head. That's a guitar head. Every time, every time we go to shows, well, not every time. There's been a couple of sound guys who have thought that that was Sarah's gear because she's the bassist and I have to tell them that no, that's mine. But I would never trade up to a Marshall stack because I love this little solid state head. It's great. Yeah, those are good. I'm looking at it right now. Lovingly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a gearhead at all, so. <laughs> I, I'm not really. I just really, I, I just, I like a good solid state. The, the, the old solid state amps are just great. Sorry. This is not about albums. That's not, I mean, it's not why we're here. Well, the reason why I say that is because um, Dylan and I were in a hardcore band together. And my approach to gear and, like, even playing, I was just, uh, I'm not really, a, I played bass in the hardcore band. And I'm not really a bassist at all or a musician at all. I basically just played bass in the band. And it was just consisted of me being like, all right, what am I playing? And what am I playing through? Like, cause I, <laughs> I don't know anything. You played through the Carvin amp that I bought. Yeah. With the bass yeah. that you got for free. Yeah. <laughs> That's very, like, Fugazi of you, though. Fugazi just plugged and played, right? Didn't they just, like, plug in and play? Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm kind of like Ian McKay, so... Yeah? <laughs> I, you know, I'm basically Joe Lolly, you know? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> you know, if I if I had a nickel for every time I get compared to Guy, it's just... <laughs> <so precious. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, I don't, I'm not, uh, what do you call that? I'm not um, conditioned? That's not the right word. Practiced? No, that's not either. To to be a gearhead? To play an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated? Well, clearly yeah. you can, because you're in a band, so clearly you can. Well, I also haven't played it, it since I that band broke up, so. <laughs> really? Man, when I was young, when I was little, I remember seeing, like, I don't even know what it was, some show, and they had, like, music hour where they had all these instruments laid out for the little kids to play, and I was obsessed with it. And I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to have a room that's just filled with instruments for me to play whenever I wanted. <laughs> and I'm slowly getting there. I am... Um... Yeah, I don't know. I always wanted to be in a band, but then I never wanted to do the things that you needed to do to like be in a good band. So, like practice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on my own. Like besides just being like, all right, we're having band practice today. <laughs> I never practiced. Oh, on my you can practice for practice. Yeah, no. Practice for practice. Yeah, he was a uh, definitely a uh, show up and occasionally have to relearn parts. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I was playing bass in a hardcore band where I played open E most of the time, so <laughs> I didn't yeah. have to learn anything. I wish I wish I had it like that when I started. <laughs> we, ha- we have a younger brother. He's uh, 17, and he plays piano now. Yeah. And, like, he, like, at his Christmas recital uh, performed uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's the whole nice. thing, too. Not, <laughs> not just the yeah. beginning part kind of amazing and i was like well that's i it's like we went down like the musical talent went downhill so like <laughs> dylan dylan's better than i am and then our younger brother is even i mean i don't know he's playing piano like pretty well so we'll see how far that takes him but uh he's doing better at 17 than we were so <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> me playing guitar at 17 was, was the same Mastodon riff over yeah, and over again? It was the one Mastodon riff that I learned. <laughs> um, and like, probably like a living sacrifice or like an agony scene riff. <laughs> I, I never picked up a guitar until I was like, until like, well, let's see. When did, what did you say the EP came out? 2016? So 2015. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And then we finished that, and I was like, oh, God, was that, like, everything I had built up in me (laughs) that we wrote, like, over all of these years, and now I have to write more songs? Is that going to be possible? (laughs) But it was. Well, I guess we're done with Refused. Uh... (laughs) You can talk more. I'm sorry. No, I'm out of stuff to really talk about with them, so. I do have to dip out kind of soon, too. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're... What are we at? We're probably at an hour and a half right now anyway. So yeah, an hour twenty six. So we should we should go ahead and start wrapping it up. Um yeah. We recommend listening to this record. Uh especially if you listen listen to new noise or not new noise. Uh if you've listened to uh, Shape of Punk to come and you like it, give this one a try too, because you might like it even more. I almost I thought about sending this record to the guys the other guys from our old hardcore band <laughs> saying, like, if you write me stuff like this I will blow out my voice for you. Like, I will just Gosh, scream I, so hard. I so wish I could scream, but I have asthma. <laughs> so oh, I do too. <laughs> do you? And you can yeah. do it? Because I've tried, and I like literally have an asthma attack. <laughs> it's, it's 
been many years since I've done a uh, full set of screaming, so I'm not sure I could make it very far. But I did, I did attempt to sing for an Iron Maiden cover band once. That was interesting. <laughs> I kind of almost pulled it off, but I did blow out my voice. That's hard to do too. Like that style of singing. I mean, it's yeah. It was it was a thing. It was a thing <laughs> that never never left a practice space, which is a, a very good thing. <laughs> <laughs> But no, both Sarah and I both have asthma, and we were like, we should have found a drummer that had asthma, too. Actually, I think everyone pretty much just has asthma now. So. Everyone's going to. I mean, that, that's the direction we're heading. Yeah. Welcome to the club, losers. Yeah. Enjoy your permanent organ damage. <laughs> that's awful, and I'm laughing. You have to. You know. It's, it's, you know. it's either laugh or cry. Yeah, it's too easy to do that too. So yeah, uh, yeah. We we talked about the the um the Instagram live shows. Yeah. Earlier, and that was it. I can't watch those. <laughs> do you it's, feel Do you feel awkward for the people? Is that it's, why? It's just too sad. It really. It's, it's like this is the wrong way to do it. This is not how this music was intended to be heard. So. My sister said she loves it because she could just be like sitting on her couch watching music, and it's just. You know. <laughs> now I did see someone say the, that they hope that live streaming shows continues when it goes back to being live in person shows, because it's that. the only way for a lot of people with disabilities to comfortably enjoy live music, or at least it's the best way for them to. That's actually a really good point. And I, I wanted to reiterate that, and because that is that's something I have thought about in the past too. Like, yeah, live music is not good for a lot of people, <laughs> especially especially in in this kind of scene where you yeah. have a lot of shows and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And so much of punk music, right, is is the live experience, right? So it, we should make that even more inclusive. Right. People aren't gonna stay home and watch. Not everyone is going to stay home. You're not going to lose your money. <laughs> well, even if you charge for a stream, too. Like, Lucero did this, like, uh, live stream where you paid, like, $10, $15, and you got to watch, like, this, like, super well-recorded live stream of their set. There's been a couple, like, little festivals like that, too, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. So it's a, good, it's a cool way. And then, I don't know, I feel like there's a possibility that, like, some bands could do even better, especially if they got a cut of that stream. If it's like, man, look at this stacked bill. Oh, it's happening in Montana, or you know, something yeah, like yeah, yeah. something that you can't you still have. Like, I just live streams wouldn't bother me if if there's still the interaction between you know people watching and the band because that's that's where the magic happens, you know. <laughs> but right. it is that's like that that symbiotic relationship is so important to live music. I think. I mean, that's like. The, the band does something and the audience responds not like subconsciously and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, there's, I prefer seeing music in a live setting and mm -hmm. when real shows come back or fully live, <laughs> in-person shows come back, I shouldn't say real shows. They will. I will gladly go to them and will prefer to go to them. Um, I'll, I'll probably go to more of them. Yeah. Instead of just being like, 
Yeah, I'd like to go to that, but it's a Tuesday. No, that, that's me. That is 100% me. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of people, though. I mean, in the 90s and early 2000s, you didn't have, like, the level of, well, we were all young, too. But I just, I think it was different. There wasn't as much to do or watch. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, I have, you know... A lifetime worth of shit on Netflix I can watch. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing, and you didn't have the internet really. So the only thing you could do is go to shows to find like minded people in that scene, um, which I think is what made it flourish like it did. And now it's this kind of interesting hybrid where we're at now, where it's like almost feels a little bit like that again with the, you know, the virtual shows and, and kind of more of a DIY feel again. But it's all online. It's so strange. Sorry, I just went on a little tangent right there. No, it, uh, it's true. I feel like, I mean, because we kind of have to, you know, do this socially distanced thing, I feel like I'm interacting with more people online than I was before. So part of it is why you have to. But at the same time, the Internet's making it so I'm like, well, I can just like chat with this musician or this other podcaster I we did an episode with like halfway around the world you know just super easy and not have to like leave the house and or like and then be like at a show and like trying to talk to somebody yeah (laughs) yeah you don't want to be that guy let me in the circle yeah (laughs) no just don't talk to me while the band's playing (laughs) I'm so mean (laughs) but it's like I can't hear you I do it too we all do it but it's like why we can't hear each other and yet we all try to tell somebody something while the band is playing everybody does it (laughs) we do that thing where you just like you pretend like you heard and you just like smile and nod yeah like yeah man yeah totally (laughs) didn't hear a fucking word you said I'm I'm usually the one going what what Well, um, where can everyone follow Faye and online, all that kind of good stuff? Um, we are on Twitter, um, Faye's Band, on at Twitter, and um, we're on Spotify. I believe we're still on Spotify. I think that's still linked. That was through Tiny Engine, so who knows? Um, we're on Instagram, Faye, F-A-Y-E's Band, on all of, and all of the social media stuff. I'll be truthful and say I'm the one that ends up doing a lot of that stuff and I'm not very great about social media but um we should it'll probably pick back up once we start getting this album to come out so yeah I'm excited to hear it I can't it's um... it's different I'm really excited I'm chomping at the bits to get it out it's it's a lot it's heavier than the oh cool yeah so it'll be it'll be good it's a good one yeah Coming out on Merge now. <laughs> nah. Um, Heard it here first. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna add Merge. We're gonna get you signed. Oh God. Then Merge puts out some like do that. You could do that when you interview Sarah. She's much more knowledgeable than me. <laughs> um, and then we're on all the social medias as well at Punk Lotopod, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Facebook is basically the same thing as Instagram, so you know. <laughs> don't expect much action if you message me on there especially to check out your band's uh <laughs> your your, your <laughs> pop punk band's new ep yeah uh <laughs> my favorite is uh, we get like follow-up emails now too like 
We're like, just making sure you got the last email. It's like, yeah, I got it. That's why that's I didn't respond. That's you should look. You should tell. You should tell people about the most the recent one that we've got. Follow up emails about their book because <laughs> they're not listening. Clearly, no, no, no. They clearly did not listen what? to the show, or else they would have sent us that email. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Oh my god, I'm trying to remember. I had a good one too, but you go first. It's so weird. It's like, why? Here we go. <laughs> we got an email from the Godspeed Publicity Group for immediate release. Cold basis. Lindsay Manfredi released her debut book, Unfuckwithable: A Guide to Inspired Badassery. Do you remember the band Cold? No. So they were like a new metal band in That's the early two thousands. <laughs> kind of like stained. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. No. no. So then I got a follow-up email <laughs> saying, It's Friday. Just wanted to follow up on my news from last week with Cold Lindsay's Manfredi's new book, Unfuck Withable, Guide to Inspired Badassery. I'd love to set up some coverage. I thought it'd be up your alley. It's like, what made you think it was up my alley? <laughs> <laughs> we don't cover anything remotely like that. <laughs> oh, God. Man, I wish I could find it. We had some crazy... Oh, God, I can't find it. And I wish... I tried to convince Sarah to come and secretly sit in here with me to feed me information, but she said that that was cheating. Um, <laughs> we got some weird, like, um, in, uh, like an influencer woman. Like, I, I have wanna, to, I, I'll have to find it and send it. They want to collaborate. They want. <laughs> they, they they wrote a song. I'm doing air quotes. They wrote a song and they had a couple of songs and they were touring, but it was like it was like. Um, oh God, I don't even know how to like Pamela and no, not Pamela Anderson, like um, Anna Nicole Smith style. Like, I don't know. It was fucking insane. And I wanted to do that. I think Sarah and I both, we couldn't do it for some reason. We wanted to do that show. Like they wanted us to open. It was so tragic and awful. <laughs> we wanted it so bad. <laughs> I'll have what? to find it. I'll have to ask, I'll have to ask Sarah who the lady was so you guys can watch it on um, YouTube. It was unbelievable. <laughs> then I also got this email. Now we're just talking about weird emails we're getting. Uh, <laughs> send us weird emails. Uh, that was like this guy is called like playlist inquiry partnership. And he said, I discovered some of your Spotify playlists while browsing through the platform. And I was like, well, that makes you sound like a human. Um <laughs> I work with Raj Beats, and we have been looking to connect with some new playlist curators that we can build with long-term. And so then it just keeps talking and talking, and then at the very end, it's like, we have our own records, a growing independent catalog ranging from hip-hop to R&B to Latin trap slash rigatone and general pop songs. And I was like, <laughs> why are you <laughs> emailing me? Did you even and... look at the title? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and then he followed up and did the same thing. Hey, just wanted to make sure you got this. Looking forward to hearing back. It's like, stop it. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's like people will find an email address and then just start emailing stuff to it. It's like, wanna, does that work for anybody? I'm no. sure it does. I'm sure it does. One in a million. <laughs> I'd love to know if. I mean, it'd be impossible to. to you should just. You should just like. You could totally this. take them down a rabbit hole one time and just be like, oh yeah, yeah. Really should we get the basis from cold to come on our show? <laughs> yeah, I think you should. Let's do. Let's do it. <laughs> Do it. See if she'll uh, play the game the way we have it set up. Yeah, no. <laughs> what? I just want to talk about my book. Yeah. Oh no, no, 
no, you have to make them because I mean, I looked through that. All right, so <laughs> we made you do it. We got to make everyone do it. Okay, real talk, and and I, I went through the list of of um, bands, like the list of albums for I guess it was ninety seven, and I was having trouble deciding and everything, and um, I said to Sarah, I should just pick the most obscure horrible sounding thing on this list just to make you guys listen to it <laughs> just to sabotage but i didn't she tried to convince me to chaos we've done some duds yeah we we used to be so the the way the show used to work is that we would use like a that list same thing that we had yeah. the same chart thing and use a number generator and then just pick oh one. man and it we wound up cheating so often that we were just like, I don't want to talk about the Slavic grindcore band. Let's just find <laughs> something on this page that we've heard of. So, so that's pretty much like what I was looking at, stuff like that. Yeah. But then I was like, but I don't want to listen to that. So yeah, yeah. That's why we quit doing it that way. <laughs> and yeah. well, and having guests on, it was like, there's no way we're gonna get anyone to agree to be on this show and make them listen to something. Like, absolutely terrible. And make them talk about it. Oh, but it could be fun. Yeah, it wasn't that fun. In fact, I should have picked Real Big Fish. You're right. That's what I should have picked for us. Well, we would have bumped your episode to August. Aww. Yeah, because we're doing a theme month called Skogist, where we're going to talk only about Sky Records, so... <laughs> we might only end up doing like two episodes, but yeah. right, right. But what, what ska records? Like, oh, yeah, ska, like the old school stuff, whatever I guess feel like. I guess <laughs> you we'll find out chat about the Mighty Mighty Boston's. We've actually done the Mighty Mighty Boston's before, so. <laughs> not a good one. Yeah, it was the one after the impression that I get. Mm. <laughs> now that song well, is be stuck in my head so oh yeah if you just it's one of those songs that if you just say the name of the song it gets stuck in your head yep. <laughs> um we should wrap this up susan okay. thank you so much for doing the show thank you so much for having me and uh we'll have links to all your stuff in the show notes so that'll be it for everybody uh we'll talk to you all next week <laughs>